0: I shared my testimony with someone last night at the wedding. And I just really just began to be stirred. And I was really reminded, you know what? What a bunch of religion and going through the motions couldn't do for years, Jesus did in a moment. What drugs and alcohol, what my anger, what my rage, the lust of the flesh, what all that I wanted to do, everything I tried to fill, what all that I couldn't do, Jesus did in a moment. Jesus Christ, He still sets the prisoners free. He still opens eyes of the blind. What, 25 years of my own will, of my own striving, of my own way, trying to fill it with this, trying to fill it with that. Hey, some people try to fill it with other things. Some people try and fill it with a good job, with a a success and a career. Some people try and fill it with a family. It doesn't matter what you try and fill it with. Jesus Christ alone can fill your empty heart. Jesus Christ alone saves. And I began to think last night, hallelujah, I may not have a sermon, but I don't care because I know what Jesus can do in a moment. I heard it said a few weeks ago uh, from a preacher. I told this to Lori concerning the the, the deal coming up. I'm starting to really get excited. I'm starting to get really excited when the enemy starts to attack. I'm starting to really get excited now more than I used to. That when I don't have a sermon, when anxiety starts to come, anxiety is fear. Anxiety is the darts of the devil. It's not from God. God has given us a sound mind of peace. The enemy comes and attacks, throws those anxious lies. He starts to throw and he starts to attack us. I'm starting to get excited now at this point in my life when the enemy starts to attack. Because when the enemy starts to attack, Jesus is about to do something great. Hallelujah. Oh, look, bring it. Let the floodwaters roll. Let it come. Let everything hell has tear at my soul. It may hinder me. It may bring me down on my knees. But hallelujah, that's as far as I'll go. Not a battle's been lost on that old rugged cross. I'll reach heaven no matter the cost. The next mountain I climb, I might just see heaven in view. I didn't make that up. It's a song. It's an old song. That's right. We have Scripture, amen? Praise God for Scripture. There's your notes right there. Preach. Old, I remember old Jack Ledbetter had told Danny and them, concerning notes he said oh you don't need the you don't need the letter just let her fly amen preach I'm thankful I'm so thankful for what Jesus Christ can do in a moment's time I told that guy my testimony last night he just began to cry you know I share my testimony often and sometimes I share it and you know it's been six years I swear I've shared that thing hundreds of times and I, I, shared it and last night I can't explain it, but he began to tear up and I just began to feel the Spirit of God. And man, I just remember, I just remember thinking, looking at him in the eyes and he said, <laughs> he goes, that's awesome. I said, I know, isn't it? He said, man, that's awesome. And I said, and guess what? I'm still not over it. Hallelujah. Man, God is good. Luke chapter 18 and verse 35. Luke chapter 18 and verse 35. You can remain seated. I'm just going to preach through the text. Amen. Don't let Jesus pass you by. Don't let Jesus pass you by. Luke chapter 18 verse 35 says this. Then it happened as he was coming near Jericho that a certain blind man sat by the road begging. Can I tell you this morning that the gospel is good news? But the gospel—the word gospel means good news. Can I tell you this morning, you'll never know it's good news until you understand the bad news. You see, you must first understand your condition without Christ. Without Jesus Christ, you are a blind, lost beggar. Most never come to the Lord because they never understand their condition. Never. You know, I remember I did drugs and alcohol for years and... And, uh, you know, I'd been to church, I knew the prayers, I knew everything you were supposed to say, but I was never born again. I was never born of spirit and my life proved it. You see, your life speaks to who you love. Your life speaks. Don't tell me Jesus Christ is your King and your Master and your Savior if you're living and walking and practicing darkness. Can I tell you, the Bible teaches of a changed life. Listen, I've been saved six years. I'm not perfect. I still struggle with sin. But let me tell you something. I do not practice unrighteousness. I seek the face of God. I'm trying to not sin. The Spirit of God is inside of me now. I'm trying to please my Heavenly Father. There's a battle between the flesh and the Spirit. And I'm I'm fighting that war. I'm trying not to. Many... It's incredible today how many believe that they're saved and they practice and continue sin. I can tell you, in the authority of God's word, that's not God's word. The Bible talks about a change. But most, most never understand that they need to change. Most never understand. They don't know their condition. They don't know that, they don't realize that they're a lost and blind beggar. You see, without Christ, you are lost, you are blind. After being saved, I remember there's some people and they say well branson did all this stuff and right, that's just what he needed and i want to say this about my testimony i've heard a lot of people say this oh well oh yeah i went through a phase like that too i went through a phase and now i'm married and now we got kids and listen i understand that some people go through phases and grow out of it i want you to know this this morning cuz i want glory to go where it ought to be i was not going through a phase it was my life It wasn't a phase I was going through. It was my life. It was the way I lived, and it was the way I planned on living. And some people say, hey, well, Branson changed because of he got with Hannah. Listen, I love my wife. She's the best wife that ever lived. Hallelujah. But Hannah, my wife, could not save me. She couldn't change me. The only thing that changed me was Jesus Christ alone. He's the one that made me born again. He's the one that sought me out, was love that lifted me. He sought me out and He saved me. So I want to give all the glory and all the praise, all uh, God, the the credit to whom it is due. Some people say, well, that's what Branson needed. Clearly you were in drugs and alcohol and sin and good for you. That's what you needed. Can I tell you, every single one of you, I don't care if you didn't ever do that stuff. I don't care if you went to college and you got a good degree. I don't care if you have a great job and you provide and you got a family. Listen, without Jesus Christ, you were that same lost beggar. Without Jesus Christ, you were that same blind person. I don't care what your life looked like. Listen, Jesus said, I didn't come for the righteous. I came for the sick. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. You see, you must first and foremost understand your condition outside of Christ. You must. I'm telling you, you know what Jesus said? He said that to the Pharisees. I didn't come to save the righteous. Well, listen, they weren't righteous. You know really what He meant? They were self-righteous. See, they thought they were righteous. They, they thought that, oh, oh oh Branson, well, obviously he did drugs, and he's been arrested several times, and obviously he's a scally wagon. That's what he needed for his life to change. Listen, every single one of you in this place, we are all born sinners headed to a devil's hell but thank God there is good news. There is good news. And I understand there's bad news, but there's good news too. Jesus Christ came and died. He shed His blood on the cross for your sin. Amen. Oh, thank God we can be saved. There's no condemnation for those who are Christ Jesus. Why are you, sometimes the church walks around and, and you're weeping and, excuse me, you're depressed. Don't be depressed this morning, church. Well, I think it was Jesse and Chris talking about this morning. Uh, Christian, why are you cast down? Do you do you not understand how blessed you are? Do you not understand how saved you are? Do you not understand that you were headed to a devil's hell? Jesus Christ changed your life, he changed your eternity. You are so blessed. Your socks are blessed off. Amen. You're blessed. That don't even make sense, but it sounds good. God is good. But I'm telling you, without Christ, we are a blind beggar. We are born into sin. It doesn't matter what your life looks like. Some people try and fill it like I did. Some people try and fill it with drugs and alcohol. Some people try and fill it with success and all these other things. But without Christ, I can assure you, without Christ, you are a blind, lost beggar. You are in need of a Savior. I'm telling you, most never come to God because they don't understand that verse. Because they don't understand their condition outside of Christ. They are self-righteous. They can see the need for others. They see the need for Christ in Branson's life, but they don't see it in their own. Self-righteousness. Jesus didn't come to save. The self- I didn't come for the righteous. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. You must understand. And you'll never get saved until you understand you're lost. Then it happened, as he was coming near Jericho, that a certain blind man sat by the road begging. And hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. So they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And he cried out saying, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Okay, so it says, So they told him Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. You know, I started thinking about this. you got a crowd and... And he starts to ask who it is. And somebody, some people go ahead and tell him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for men and women who are willing to stand and tell this lost and dying world that Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, is passing by. And you better cry out to Him. Now they didn't tell Him that. But listen, there were some people who said, Jesus is passing by. We need some more men and women who are willing to stand church of the living God. If you are a born-again Christian, listen to what I'm telling you this morning. You do have a responsibility to be preaching and proclaiming God's Word. Just like me, I'm called to be up here to preach this morning. You also have the same call on your life to go tell it on the mountain. Take the message of Christ to this lost and dying world. Last Sunday night, I preached about the judgment seat, the Bema seat. Now, I'm not talking about the great white throne judgment. We talked about there is a judgment. Did you know this, church? Did you know that there is a judgment for the child of God? Did you know? uh, There was three scriptures. That's a whole other sermon. I'm not going to go into it. Did you know, though, as a child of God, you will stand before God in judgment for your works? Not for your salvation. Your salvation, your sin was already judged at the cross. Hallelujah. Did you know, church, you will stand before God for the things that you did do and the things you didn't do? To him who knows the right thing to do and does not do it to him, it is sin. Some of us are in sin this morning for the things that we're not doing. We know we ought to be telling people. We know we ought to be proclaiming Jesus Christ. But we're these double-O secret agent Christians. Nobody knows it. I heard this week a pastor, and this guy's a very loving counselor type pastor who's on the radio. He said, excuse, I'm not bold enough. Truth. I don't care enough. That's good. You and I, church, have a responsibility to be standing, to call the deeds of darkness, darkness, that's Ephesians chapter 5, expose the deeds of darkness. We're here to be standing for Jesus Christ. We have a responsibility. We will stand before the judgment seat. There will be rewards given and rewards lost based on the works you have done and based on the works you have not done. Did you know that? Are you about the Father's business? If you are, I want to say this to you. Keep going. Praise God for the Christians. Listen, you know who you are out there. If you're out there telling people about the Lord, thank you for what you're doing. It's making a difference. You may not think it is, but it is. Friend, we'll never know until we get to the other side of eternity what you've done, what what uh, all those prayers did, what what you said to someone passing by. If you're serving, if you're telling people about the Lord, I encourage you continue. Thank you. It's making a difference in people's lives. Don't let the world quiet you down. Don't. This world's coming along. I'm telling you, they are rejecting Jesus. I saw a report last night, and it said all of a sudden now the Muslims now they're upset about Easter. They don't want us to be talking about Easter. You know where that's going to be in five years? We won't be talking about that either. We're ashamed and we're afraid. Not everybody, but I'm speaking generally as the church, okay? We have an awesome church here. Uh, we have an awesome body here of people that are willing to stand on the truth. And I praise God for you. But listen, get this out there because generally speaking, the church is afraid. We act like a bunch of cowards. I'm telling you, that the overall church, we're afraid. Isn't it funny that they're not afraid to speak out against us? This great nation was founded on Jesus Christ and His Word. Go to D.C. It's all over the place. We should not and we cannot be afraid to stand for Jesus Christ and to proclaim the truth. He went and He died on that cross. He carried it for you. He bled and He died. And we're afraid that somebody may not like us. We're afraid somebody may say something at work. Children of the living, God, let faith arise. God has called you. His Word said times like this would come. You and I have a responsibility. If He was willing to go to the cross, surely we can stand up and say, Oh, hallelujah, God's been good to me. God saved me. He's changed my life. Tell somebody your testimony. Tell somebody of His goodness. Tell somebody of His faithfulness. They need to hear it. The Bible said that this world, the harvest is plentiful. Did you hear that? The Bible says, Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful. You know what? We think people don't want to hear that today. People don't want to see that. You're wrong and the Bible's right. The harvest is plentiful. God's Word says it is. I'm telling you, that feeling that you get, it's an attack of the enemy. People are dying to see something that's real. And you know what? I want to say this this morning. I believe in you. I know this church. About jumped onto the altar, amen. I know this church. I know we have good people in here. I know this church. I know we have people willing to stand for Jesus Christ. I know that we've got people in here that are not afraid. I know that we've got people in here who are unashamedly being about the Lord's business. Continue in it. Don't be afraid. Listen, the world's gonna to continue to be tell us be quiet. Shut up. Jesus is not allowed. Continue. Continue preaching. Continue telling them. They need to see it from people who are real. i tell you this. There's not a lot of people who are real out there. Lots of people claim they're Christians. Lots of them. The Bible teaches it. I'm about to get ahead of myself. Lots of people. The Bible teaches there's a lot of people who say they're Christians and they are not. You need to know that. Lots of them. I'm telling you, people are dying to see somebody who's real. They're dying to see somebody who's real. They're dying to see somebody who's going to live the life that they preach about. They're dying to see somebody that they they want to see that they live the life that they talk about. Guys, that's us. That's you guys. I believe in this church. Listen, it's not about me. It's not about this church. There's lots of other good places out there. But I can tell you this. We are called to Derby, Kansas. We are called in this place. I believe in you. You're solid. You're real Christian. Stand up, church. Child of God, stand up. Continue doing what you're doing. It's making a difference. Tony Fleming told me this one time. It stuck with me. Concerning the world, and I've experienced this. You can have. You can have the respect. And not the friendship. Let me let me rephrase that. You can't have concerning the world. You can't have their respect and their friendship. You can't have both. It's so true. I've seen that. I know a lot of people from the old past. I don't say this pridefully. God knows my heart and I'll stand before Him someday for the words I tell you. But I, I, I knew a lot of people in Derby. I know lots of people. I was, I was real popular. I know tons of people. Lots of people know who I am. All of them, you know, I share my testimony with you guys all the time. And that, though they may not have heard the story, they've seen for themselves. They know this one thing. Branson used to be this way, but now he's this way. That's good enough for me. You know what? I've got all their respect and none of their friendship. I don't mean that mean. I, I'm, listen, I'm friendly to all of them. I see them all, I tell them, if you ever need anything, lots of them reach out to me all the time on, on Facebook, on a messenger and stuff. Listen, I, I, I came to understand that statement's true. You can't have both. You can't. Why? Because there's no fellowship with lightness and darkness. They'll respect you and amen you all day long. But until they're willing to submit and surrender their lives to Jesus Christ, there's not going to be true fellowship. They'll respect you, but they won't be your friends. I'm thankful for those. I'm thankful for those that told him. Verse 37, they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. You know, opportunities, unfortunately, come and go. There's a time in every single one of our lives where Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. I want to say this to you. Don't let Jesus pass you by. Don't let Him pass you by. He loves you. I remember thinking all those times, all those years before, I was so alone. I remember the day I got saved. I always thought it would be a ball and chain to give it all to God. The day I got saved, I stood up and the ball and chain hit the floor. Don't let Jesus pass you by. There's only so many opportunities. There's only so many times. Opportunities, they pass. I was thinking. I've been studying in Luke, and I was reading about the the rich man and Lazarus. You remember when the rich man is in hell and cries out, I, I, "Abraham, I pray that Abraham asked me that he uh, put water on my tongue." I'm paraphrasing, obviously. And Abraham says, "Remember, the, in, in your life you had the good things, and Lazarus bad things. And and one the the, the rich man burning in hell has one more request." He says, I have five brothers. Please go to them. He says, you have Abraham and the prophets. If they don't believe them, they're not going to believe somebody who returned from the dead. Isn't that the truth? Jesus Christ has returned from the dead. They still don't believe it. Opportunities pass by. You know, I heard Glenn Ledbetter say this. I wish we could open up. I wish we could open up the gates of hell. And... uh, and I'd I just come sit down in this pew and let the, let the rich man preach to us this morning. That'd change every one of our lives. You know what? I bet if we could open up the gates of hell and have the rich man come and preach to us this morning for five minutes, I bet you every single person in this entire place would be at the altar. I bet you every single person in this place who's not saved would get saved. I bet you every person in here when we left would go somewhere or make some phone calls. Opportunities pass by. There's a time when Jesus, every one of us has a chance. But listen, opportunities pass. Let me say this this morning. If you're lost this morning, don't let Jesus pass you by. Don't let Jesus pass you by. He loves you. There's only so many chances, there's only so many opportunities.
1: And he cried out,
0: verse 38, and he cried out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You know what that really says to me? I love that. He cries out. Some of you don't, some of you don't like shouting. Hallelujah. He cried out. And you'll notice here in a minute, Jesus didn't tell him to be quiet. Take that. Amen. I like that. He cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Oh, you know, I love that title he says. I never caught that until either this morning or last night. He said, Son of David. You know what that title meant? You know that for 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there's 400 years where nobody heard from the Lord. There was no visions. There was no prophecy. And then John the Baptist's father, Zechariah, remember earlier in Luke, when he goes into the temple and the angel appears to him, tells him that they're going to have a son, John the Baptist. John the Baptist is the, the one that's going to go before You know, for 400 years it was silent. And then a man working in the temple gets a vision and hears from God. What I'm getting at is this. The prophecy. The prophecies that were wrote all these hundreds of years ago. Silence for 400 years. Then a man steps on the scene and and says, look unto Jesus. John the Baptist points and says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. They knew who He was. He called them Son of David. You know, what He was basically saying is this. He had heard the story. He had heard of the coming prophet. He had heard of the coming Savior. He had heard of Jesus. He had heard the Messiah. And He believed. His words spoke. His words, his words show evidence of His faith. Son of David, I believe, basically, I, I believe that you're Jesus. I believe that you are the Christ. He said, Have mercy on me. He placed his faith in Jesus already, crying out to God. He cried out to him, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 39 Then those who went before warned him that he should be quiet. Then those that went before him, before warned him that he should be quiet. Isn't that incredible? I want you to think about this with me for a minute. You've got a large crowd, a large crowd, and there's Jesus coming along. And the people who were ahead of the crowd, then those who went before. So you've got a big old crowd with Jesus. Jesus. And those who went before him, we got a man who, who, who's blind, who's a beggar, crying out in faith, Lord, save me! Lord, save me! Have mercy on me! And people in the crowd, in front of the crowd, with Jesus, are telling him to be quiet. Isn't that incredible? They didn't know Jesus. They didn't know him. Listen, just because you have rubbed shoulders with Jesus, just because you've been in the same crowd, does not mean you know him. Hey, listen, I can tell you lots about Brett Favre. Let me get an amen. Dad, where are you on that one? Hey, I can tell you lots about him, but I don't know him. I can tell you where he went to high school. I can tell you about his family. That's a little creepy, sorry. But listen, I can tell you lots about Brent Favre, but I don't know him. I could go and even see him at a signing. Hallelujah! I could go and talk to him, be in the same room with him. I could introduce myself. I could spend 20, 30 minutes with him. I could see him once a year for 10 years. Man, this is getting good. I'm making this up as I go. Hallelujah! And you know what? At the end of that 10 years... I could really, the truth, honestly, still be, I don't know him. I don't. Sure, I know lots about him. I know who he is. I've even spent time with him. Just because you've rubbed shoulders with the master, just because you know who he is, does not mean you know him. Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13, verse 23. Luke thirteen twenty three. Then one said to him, Lord, are there few who are saved? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. And he will answer and say to you, I do not know you where you are from. Verse 26, then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence. You taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know you or you where you are from. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. Many shall say on that day, Lord, Lord, the Bible teaches that many believe. The Bible teaches demons believe. Many shall say on that day, Lord, Lord, we were with you. Remember, we were in the same crowd. We we drank and ate in your presence, remember? And Jesus will tell them, depart from me. I never knew you. Key phrase, you workers of iniquity. I'm so tired of seeing people call themselves Christians that go out and get drunk. I'm so tired of people who call themselves Christians who live a willful lifestyle, sex outside of marriage, and tell me that they're saved and they love God. No, you don't. If come out from their midst and be separate doesn't mean come out from some of these places. Not everything falls under Romans chapter 14. Not everything falls over, oh, it's my conviction, have your own. No, the Word of God, come out from their midst and be separate. If that doesn't mean come out of some places, then what in the world does it mean? seriously seriously let's go to a place where everybody's getting drunk praise the lord i don't know about you but i got the spirit of god dwelling inside of me and i don't think that falls under romans chapter 14 i don't want to be around people that are going to sin for entertainment i came out of that i repented i turned from that i don't want nothing to do with it jesus christ has changed me and i'm born again I want to live for Him. I want to be in church. I want to be with people who praise and worship God. Many. The Bible teaches many know who He is. Many have been in His presence. Many have rubbed shoulders. Many have been to church. Many know the way. Many of you don't look like a scallywag life like me. And many, many, many shall say on that day, Lord, Lord, and He shall tell them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. The Bible teaches those that practice a willful lifestyle will not inherit the kingdom of God. No, I'm not preaching perfection this morning. Bible says that drunkards shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, I was a drunkard. I was, for like nine years. That's not what he's saying. I was a drunkard, but listen, I'm born again. I'm saved. You know what he says when he says drunkards? Notice that's not past tense. I don't know the word for it, but that's right now tense. Am I right? Drunkards. Listen, don't tell me you love God and you live his life. I want Oh, tell you this morning, check yourself. Check yourself. Can't believe I'm about to reference an old rap song from the 90s. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. I'm serious. Check yourself this morning. Do you love God? Let me tell you. I'll tell you right now. Your life speaks to who you love right now. Don't tell me you love God and you are practicing and living in sin. Don't tell you me. Listen, you may have me and Pastor John, but you may have everybody fooled. You don't have God fooled. Don't let Jesus pass you by. Hallelujah. Amen, brother. I want to say this. The uh, the blind man, he was crying out, Lord, save me. I want to say this this morning. The enemy uses a bunch of religious fakes as instrument and tools in his hand. You remember when Satan came into the body of Judas Iscariot? Then Judas Iscariot went and made a deal with who? The Pharisees. The religious guys have been in school their whole life that knew half the Bible could quote it to you by memory. We see a bunch of religious fakes and Satan make a deal together to come against God. You need to know this, church. The enemy uses religious fakes as an instrument and a tool in his hand. I want to say this to you. Don't let you don't be like me. When I was lost, when I was living in sin and darkness, and I thought I was going to heaven, I was so deceived because I believed in Jesus. That's more than believing. You must give Him your life. You must surrender your life to Him. You must be born of Spirit. You must be born again. Your life will speak to it if that's happened. But I almost quieted down. And here's why. Because a bunch of religious fakes had come and said, Branson, shut up. Jesus don't want you. A bunch of religious people that looked like they were with Jesus, that looked like they are in the same crowd, they came along and the enemy will use them. He uses them in this world when Jesus is passing by. The enemy will run along and say, shut up and sit down. Be quiet. Listen, don't stop crying out to God. Listen, please don't be like me. Someday, someday, you will stand before the Lord and you will not be able to say, Jesus, I didn't serve you because of those religious fakes.'" That will not be an excuse. It won't be an excuse. Don't let the devil tell you to be quiet. Don't let the religious fakes let you be quiet. Cry out all the more. Continue to cry out to him. I know there's a bunch of religious fakes. I know there's a bunch of people who are hateful and mean and nasty and they look like they're in the same crowd as Jesus. And can I tell you this? God is love. Hallelujah. It was love that lifted me. You know, the religion I heard my whole life. You're not doing it right. You're not doing this. You're not that. You're not this. You should this. You should that. And I ran the other way. That's what a religion will do to you. But you know what happened the day I came in here? Jesus said, I still love you, Branson. I haven't given up on you, Branson. I'm still here for you. And I brought you here today to set you free. Not to chain you up with religion. Not to tell you what you're not. But to tell you who I am. Hallelujah. Jesus loves you. It was love that lifted me. It was love that lifted me. I'd heard all that my whole life. I'd heard people, listen, I know I preach hard, but listen, I love you. I love you. I care about you. I do. Somehow I think my preaching wouldn't even be a shadow of the rich man. If We had the rich man standing here, opened up the gates of hell. I have a feeling that he'd be a whole lot more animated than I am this morning. Don't go to this place. Don't let Jesus pass you by. Then the verse 39, then those who went before warned him that he should be quiet. Oh, hallelujah. This is to my shouters and to me. But he cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. Continue crying out to God. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. Draw near unto God and He will draw near unto you. God loves you. Oh, I see the Holy Spirit as a person in this story. I see the Holy Spirit speaking to the man. Continue crying out. He is the Savior. He is the Christ. He is the Messiah. Oh, hallelujah. Often when we think we're pursuing God, it's just us responding to God pursuing us. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Heaven's hound, right, Brandon? But he cried out all the more. Hallelujah. Love that part. Son of David, have mercy on me. Listen, four words. So Jesus stood still. So Jesus stood still. Don't let Jesus pass you by. If you need to be born again, today is the day of salvation. Continue to cry out to him. He'll meet you in this place. So Jesus stood still. Can I tell you, He loves you. He may be pursuing and knocking up the hearts of right now. And I can tell you this. If you cry out to Jesus, today is the day of salvation. If you confess with your mouth, cry out to God that Jesus Christ is Lord. He'll stand still. Oh, He came to seek and save the lost. When He hears a child crying out to Him, He'll meet you where you're at. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he had come near, he asked him, saying, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Isn't that funny? He asked him, Lord, what do you want me to do? As if the Lord didn't know. Can I tell you the Lord wants a response from us? He does. Jesus already knew what he wanted. And he confessed, and he responded to what God asked him. Can I tell you this? This is just me personally. I'm all for responding to God. Even when we come to, listen, don't take this wrong. You can pray silently. When we come together and have a prayer meeting, we can pray silently. I'm just not a fan of it. I I, want to go to a prayer meeting where I can hear people praying. I want to see people, Psalm 34, oh, come magnify the Lord with me. Too many times, church, too many times Jesus passes by and we just don't respond. We just kind of sit in the back and God's ministered to us. We're in the back of the crowd. You know, instead of crying out to him, him, we're like, I can stay here. He knows my heart. I'm a big fan. I'll just tell you this. This is my opinion, okay? I try not to preach my opinion a lot, but I'm going to tell it to you this morning. I'm a big fan of responding out loud. I'm not one of those guys that sits at the ball game. Hey, some people are. Right, Chris? I understand not everybody's as loud and as animated as me. At least tell me you stand up and clap when the Shockers score. Hallelujah. We got a thumbs up. (laughs) Hey, the guy's quiet. He's not like me, okay? Not everybody's like me, and I understand that. But hey, listen. I bet you, man, some of you, we go to the ball game, just stand there. Can you imagine if Braylon scored a touchdown? Man, that'd be awesome. Let's say Braylon scored a touchdown. I sit down and people look at me. What are you doing? I'm, I'm praising silently inside. It's like, it's like we come to church and all of a sudden we're just, we're just so spiritual. I, I just don't praise and worship like you. And then tomorrow night we're watching the ball game. We're like, yeah! I can't believe I did that, but come on, seriously? Am I right? I don't praise like you. Yes, you do. Resp- Listen, I just want to say this. Respond to God. Respond to Him. He knew what He needed. Respond to Him. Tell Him what you need. With your mouth. Out loud. If you've got a a need, get up out of the pew. Come and meet with Jesus. Cry out to Him. You know one of the things I skipped when I said about the religious trying to tell him to shut up? You know one of the number one things that's going to try and keep you in your pew? Your own flesh. My own flesh tells me to be quiet all the time. Kevin can hardly believe it. Listen. So you think you see me shouting. You know what? The church I was raised in... When I first got saved at Crossway, I came to this place. I'd never seen people raise hands and shout. I thought it was sin and I thought it was wrong. But then I actually read the Bible for myself. Hallelujah. Oh, we see people dancing in the sanctuary. We see people shouting. Oh, I heard this. Uh, I've said this before. A man came up one time to a preacher and said, you know, Jesus never jumped, shouted, spit, it, and danced like you do. And the preacher said to him, you're right, but everybody touched it. Hey, Your own flesh will keep you in the pew, sir. Hello, pride. Ma'am, sir, your own flesh will tell you to be quiet and to sit down because there's a real battle between the flesh and the spirit. But hallelujah, Jesus has overcome. You have got to learn, kids, close your ears. You've got to learn to tell your flesh to shut up back. Kids, don't tell anybody to shut up except yourself, okay? On the inside quietly. Just just don't do it in general. Listen, cry out all the more. Don't let your flesh keep you in your pew. Don't let your flesh keep you from responding to God. Why did we come here this morning? Why did you come? Did you just come to hear me? Friend, we came here this morning to meet with God. We came here this morning to worship Him in spirit and in truth. We came here this morning to hear the man, uh, to hear God speak through His man. I always say, listen, if God can speak through a donkey, surely He can speak through a Branson. Amen. We came here this morning to hear from God. Some of you Christians. There's people in the church. Some of you, you come every week and you have a need. You need a healing. You need a miracle. You need a touch. There's bonds in your life. There's problems going on in your marriage. There's problems with your kids. And you leave every week and you let Jesus pass you by. Don't let Jesus pass you by. Opportunities pass. We gathered together this morning. To be with God in His house. Respond to Him. Respond to Him. Give Him your life. Show it to Him. Cry out all the more. He responded. He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. Oh, hallelujah. Place your faith in Him. I don't care what the need is this morning. You need to be saved. Today's the day of salvation. You need a move of God. Today, receive it. Today. Verse 43, and immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. And immediately he received his sight. Chris, go ahead. Listen right here, church. Immediately he received his sight. Friend, it is in God is God. It's in His nature to heal. It's in His nature to save. It's in His nature to forgive. It's in His nature to break bonds. It's in His nature to answer your response. That's why He asks for it. Show me one time in all of God's Word, show me one time where somebody requested and cried out to the Lord that came to Him for healing, came to Him for their children, came to him, Peter, came for his uh, sick mother-in-law, Show me one time where Jesus turned somebody away and told them, no, I'm not going to heal today. Show me one time where Jesus said, I don't think I'll save today. Show me one time. You can't because it's not there and it doesn't exist. It's not his nature and it's not who he is. He loves you. If you know, church, listen, church, don't let Jesus pass you by. What's going on? God knows. Respond to him this morning you He's just going to come forward and just praise and worship Him because you're so stinking blessed because your sin can't condemn you anymore because the blood of the Lamb who was slain has changed your life. Respond to that. Worship Him. He's been so good. Has He not been so faithful? We've got it so good. Some of the church, you're walking around depressed this morning and I'm just going to tell you, you ought not be because you're born again. Because your sin's behind you. Because you're forgiven and Jesus Christ loves you. Oh, because you're blessed and highly blessed. Because you're a city not forsaken. Because the Spirit of God is inside of you. you got something to praise Him about. He's changed your life. Come and worship Him. Some of you church, excuse me, most of you, most of you have a need in your life. Most of you, That's something you need to pray about. Most of you, there's something going on. You need a miracle. You need a healing. You need some bonds to fall. You need to fall at the feet of Jesus. Most of you, there's a need. Don't let Jesus pass you by. If you're in this place this morning, you need to be saved. I can tell you this this morning. Cry out to Him. Don't let your opportunity pass you by. Often, preachers, I've heard Joplin say this. Often preachers have a, a wild imagination. Sometimes I come in this place and I think about people leaving, not being saved. And I think in hundreds of years from now, and this is, I think of hundreds of years from now, them crying out in torment. Them crying out. They let Jesus pass them by and they can remember this sermon this morning. And this sermon this very morning haunts them for years and years and for eternity to come the day that God would draw them to Himself, the day that He sent His Holy Spirit to say, Child, I love you. Child, I forgive you. Child, I'm bigger than this. Child, I know nobody else knows, but I know. And I love you. I'm not trying to chain you up with religion. I'm trying to set you free. Oh, please don't turn Him away today. Please don't let Him pass you by.